What's up, podcast fans? It is Tim here from Video Game Fury. It is Wednesday, September 20th, 2017, giving you the latest and greatest in gaming news, thoughts, reviews, playthroughs, mechanics, the ever-growing saga of me becoming a full-fledged game developer as I continue my studies. I'm giving you everything there is to know about gaming. Hope you guys are having a good week so far as we hit the, the middle of the week. Lots of cool stuff coming out so far this week. We have some uh, talk from the, the Tokyo Game Show, some Overwatch stuff, and uh, some other cool surprises on the way here. So, you know, hope you guys are uh, enjoying it all. Uh, we're we're, we're kickstarting our way into fall, and uh, I think the news and games are just only going to get more intense <laughs> as, as we go by. So hang on to your shorts, folks. Let's get started with the show. Tokyo Game Show just happened a couple of days ago with the Sony press conference, and they seem to, uh, you know, seem. I mean, they they still have some punch in this industry here. Probably not as much as we get from E3 or Gamescom or, or even PAX that happened a couple weeks ago. They've kind of been like that little squeezed under the radar now that we have all these big conferences happening throughout the summer. Even even include like Comic Con and then and the talks as well with some of the superhero games that they like to show. It's kind of sad in a way. I kind of remember growing up as a child, uh, looking forward to Tokyo Game uh, Tokyo Game Show. Nintendo had a very, very big presence during their big days during the NES and Super NES era, and we got a lot of cool announcements from that era, that side of the things. Then when we did when E3 was around, or even when CES uh, was around too. I know it seems kind of like really slipped down the radar there. Like you would hope that you definitely get a little more of a Japanese presence, since it is in Tokyo. And but it just it, a lot of the years have gone by, and it just seems to have been more of a punchline nowadays, where very little is discussed, and a lot of the the kind of games that potentially could be coming out are more localized to the Japan area, and probably would never see the light of day over here. Maybe. Who knows? Time, time would tell, uh, based on what the publishers and developers feel. But we did get a, a couple other cool announcements that had resulted from the PlayStation press conference that happened there. They went into well, a little bit of stuff about some of the uh, releases and remake, remakes they're doing. Uh, the one that caught me in the eye was Final Fantasy IX is releasing for the PS4 in Japan. Uh, and while it's been put into the store and re-released on other platforms like the PS3 for that matter. What was cool is that as soon as they announced it, they said it was immediately available to download right on the Japanese PlayStation Store. We don't know exactly when it's going to come to the Western audiences in the US, but uh, the word is that they've done localization, already done on the PC version of the game. So one can only hope that this is potentially uh, something we will be able to see as well. What also sounds pretty cool that they announced was a new Square Enix game called Left Alive, which is what they're calling a survival action shooter in like a, a ravaged post-apocalyptic city. Really, just basic deals from that. I don't even think we really got like a. Well, actually, we did get a little teaser trailer of the game that I admittedly didn't get to look at before this, but it seems to be coming from. It seems to be kind of having a vibe. Uh, of something like Zone of the Enders or Armor Core. It's actually coming from the Armor Core team here. Uh, and even a, a veteran mech designer, they got Takayuki Yunasi, uh, who's who's a veteran of a, a lot of this robot action stuff. So 
Uh, lots of promise with that one there, and especially if it's coming from Square Enix, who really seems to be diversifying their profile of, or portfolio of games, I should say, as of late. So it'll be pretty, pretty exciting to see what this particular game will look like as time will tell. Um, we also got a remake coming out of the Hideo Kojima-led Zone of the Enders. Uh, this is a, a classic like PS2 game that really went under the radar there. And obviously with Kojima at the helm, it obviously gets lost in the shuffle of all the Metal Gear Solid games that Kojima has worked on through the years. But it looks like they are giving it the full remix support, and they're even going to give it the old PlayStation VR support too. Which seems to have been a, a big showing at the the conference. With see, it looks like the the headsets are are becoming more popular in Japan than they are over here. So it's pretty cool to see, and it's good to see v VR getting a push in that area. And I think Zone of the Enders and VR will be an interesting setup to be uh, inside a mech and just flying around uh, in a 360 environment as you take on these other mechs. So you know, I'm excited to hear that. Uh, potentially, it would be something nice to see as well. I am, I, and for me, I've been thinking potentially very soon to dive into the VR pool as well. It's also been something of interest for me on the game dev side of things to learn. So I may take the plunge on this soon, and you know, once and hopefully once the price goes down a little bit on the on the PlayStation VR, I may dive into that too. So that's really it there. They had some other cool things, like a, you know, they show more stuff of the new Monster Hunter World game that's going to be coming out. Um, some, uh, some driving games like GT Sports PS4 uh, is, is getting a special edition. But, you know, it's 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 the pickings that we get from uh, Tokyo that seem to have some promise. So they got some good stuff going there, so good on them. The latest patch of Overwatch has now made it over to the console world. And it's got some pretty sweet stuff here to really enhanced the experience for you D.Va and Mercy players here. Uh, they've been kind of doing this through public testing through the PTR portal of PC. And I, I haven't got a chance to play yet, but I've watched some people on YouTube demonstrate it a bit, and it's pretty sweet. I think D.Va's is definitely an interesting improvement that is going to change the scale of things. Uh, she, she was relatively good as it was. Her super is obviously very popular for exploding her mech and wiping out all the enemies around her, but... I think one of the things that, when she's not doing that, one of the things I, I saw was kind of an issue was that even though she kind of had unlimited ammo, it was just very minimal. It wouldn't do really good damage unless you were very close. And, you know, the speed ability was really the only thing that kind of helped her get an edge. But this time they added missiles to her framework here where you can uh, just target a user and it fires a, a good barrage of missiles uh, at the enemy. I think like at least six to eight missiles it's firing at once. But the cool thing they've added too is that as you boost and fly, you can still shoot as you do this, which is a, a very good tactic to have in mind, especially if you have the missiles armed and ready to go. One guy was showing it on, on one of those uh, training dummies where he just zoomed right in and just you know, continuing to fire his gun, but also fired a barrage of missiles while in boost mode. It was pretty sweet to see, and I, I could see this character getting a huge edge in a lot of, a lot of ways. You know, the super, obviously still intact, not changing one bit. So I got, I got a feeling the diva players are are really gonna uh, be upticking during the <laughs> the next round of playthroughs. Mercy also got an update too with her super, and now, uh, now in this case she does not have the 
mass revival of everybody who's dead and she just revives it once anymore. She now does it as individual targets. And when you do that, though, you get a 30-second cooldown when it happens. So so it's not like you're going in every two seconds going boom, 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 reviving one by one. No, you gotta you do one guy and then you got to wait 30 seconds for the next one if there is someone else that's dead. But the other cool thing is that the super is no longer the mass revival. It's now basically all your abilities are enhanced during ultimate. So this is you flying. You basically fly nonstop around the map wherever you want to go. Your healing has a longer range, and the 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 damage boost is a, has a longer effect too. So that's that's been pretty cool to see. The ammo you get from the blaster is infinite, and it's at a much larger fire rate and damage rate. So you got to be careful of a, a flying mercy going around popping people off from above. The range, the movement speed, like basically any ability that she has normally gets enhanced tenfold during her super mode. The Resurrect 2 also, instead of 30 seconds, has a cooldown of 10 seconds during this time. Uh, and like I said, you have the ability to fly freely, have great movement speed. Uh, it's pretty it's pretty cool to see. I didn't, I didn't get a sense of the timing of how long the super is from the playthroughs I've seen. It's about maybe 20-30 seconds that you have this ability. So people got to be very cautious going out of these matches here. They're going to see Mercy flying around quite a bit. So... And of course, the Junker Town map also got released too. Uh, that was on the PTR, and that's part of this as well. So we got we got a pretty good, significant patch in this release here. Uh, once again, showing Blizzard's overall continual commitment to the franchise with all these free updates and, and DLC, if you will. Uh, they really do think hard about the customer in these situations. And you know, I'm definitely looking forward to tonight when I get home to try these guys out too. Uh, Diva too, especially. Sounds like she got the better end of the deal as far as the improvements go so if you guys are checking that out go check it out now it's already out there i think it released yesterday so now's your chance to get it downloaded and give it a shot so this was kind of a bummer to see there was reported a couple days ago on the uh, game industry biz sites that toys r us had filed for bankruptcy uh chapter 11 protection in particular they basically are going on a big financial restructuring to basically ensure that both their Toys R Us and Babies R Us brands uh, live on for a good while. Um, they have quite a number of stores still out there, um, but it looks like they acquired a lot of big debt from all these other acquisitions they had made over the years and needed to be able to handle a, a big kind of debt, like $5 billion in long-term debt that they're really looking to restructure here. Um, the report says their finances are like around, they reported around $11 billion in net sales the last financial year, but had a net loss of $29 million. So it doesn't look like they're going to, and it doesn't look like anybody's going to be losing jobs or say, uh, it doesn't say anything about uh, the bankruptcy, including any of these particular licensed stores. Uh, they mentioned they have a partnership in Asia as well that doesn't seem to be in jeopardy either, so... It at least sounds like they're okay, but who knows what, where it comes down to next as they get this restructuring done, what the actual business is going to look like. I mean, you obviously hate to see stores close down, you hate to see people lose jobs and everything, but sometimes it's just uh, the nature of the economic world that we live in at times. Things just go up and down in cycles and pendulums and all that. So it's only it's something just 
was on my radar there because I do remember the old days when I would go to Toys R Us and pick up Super Nintendo games, Game Boy games, Nintendo 64 games during my youth. And it's a sad state of affairs for how much they have are, are a contributor to the distribution of video games in the days today of Walmart, of Target, of Best Buy and GameStop. Uh, I was even reading the article that you compare it to 2001. Today they only account for 4% of the net sales of games in the last fiscal year. But back in 2001, they were at 19% in uh, in their video game business. So it's, it's it's the evolution of all these uh, specialty retailers we got going on now, like the ones I just mentioned. And, you know, digital obviously is making a, a bigger case for our dollar now since we can easily just go online to the stores of Xbox and PS4 and download the latest copy of Destiny 2. So that's uh, that's about it. Uh, you know, we hope the best for Toys R Us. They're, they've been around since my days of the youth there. You always hate to see those things that you grew up loving go away, but uh, it's it's the sign of the times here. We'll see where this goes, but uh, you know it's not looking so good for Toys R Us in the current state. So this was an interesting thing that I was logging into my Steam client today. It's been a while since I checked out some of the games and queues going on. And you get to see some interesting stats with reviews as you were looking at games. And it looks like just recently that Steam has released a new little UI feature called the Histograms. Which is actually going to basically give a breakdown of daily reviews in terms of positive effects, whether uh, the reviews have been going up positively, negatively, and frequency of them happening. So it, it's basically a glorified bar graph we're looking at. And it seems, it's an interesting timing with this. Now, they're, the whole reason they're doing this, uh, I was reading a Polygon article with two out of the UI designers that had released this feature, and it's basically a way for them to handle review bombing, which... Uh, was a term I didn't hear of before, but looking into it a little bit deeper, it makes sense. Uh, they have basically had said that they wanted to make sure that, in terms of uh, average review scores, that they weren't getting skewed by uh, a review bombing, which is where basically users just go in, put a thumbs down on, on certain things, or, or thumbs up way too much, but it doesn't justify uh, the actual review that they're doing. It's it's kind of something it's kind of something if if you think about it from uh, the browser world where you you have all these bots that are are constantly clicking on different ads or different pages and they inflate the numbers so when uh, uh, when a client goes in and says oh look our our views on our web page went up so much or people have been clicking to it so much it may not necessarily be a real person doing it so. Now, this is not saying bots are doing this there, but I think the, the controversy that's been going on lately is that the Steam is wanting to make sure that the reviews justify are, are justified enough for when the user is looking at, at, at buying a particular game, then they'll know by based on the score that it's a legit score or not, and there's nothing being skewed or, or pushed in more unreasonable means. Now, it's it may be too far-fetched to say that this is a little bit of a coincidence, given what has uh, gone on lately with the, the PewDiePie controversy, where he uh, had used a racial slur during one of his streams of Pub, uh, PUBG Battlegrounds. And then subsequently after that, the owners at uh, 
uh, the studio, I forget, the Santos, I think they're called, but they're the guys who make Firewatch, filed the DMCA to basically say to YouTube, hey, we want our any any con any of our contents that is being reviewed or used for videos on the on the PewDiePie channel, we want them taken down. And YouTube granted them that, and that it looks like PewDiePie got a strike as a result. And a lot of people are thinking this is sabotage that the, all the, the fans of a uh, PewDiePie and any other YouTubers like in the, of the like are going in and, and they, they seemingly are putting down votes on the Firewatch game on Steam, which is what's resulting in this histogram feature being released. Uh, I'm not too sure if it is fully just that. I mean, it seems a little bit of a coincidence. And, you know, me working in the uh, the product world that I do, I don't think a week is enough to be able to create such a feature like that so quickly and be able to aggregate across all these games that Steam hosts on their client. So I'm not willing to believe fully that it is based on this one recent incident. And I'm, I've heard rumors of some other things, like Dota 2 had some kind of... Uh, uh, event recently where they announced their next big event was going to be some digital card game and the, the fans who heard about it really booed it out of the building and some people are thinking that they, they have been kind of review bombing Dota 2 as well as a result I'm sure there's, there's a lot of incidents like this that are going out there that are kind of like a sum as a whole that's kind of went back to the Steam guys and their product and engineering departments to say hey we need to figure out something here because a lot of these users are review bombing and causing reviews to be not so reflective of you know the actual content they're saying about it. The reason we've seen how they go with this here, it'll be interesting to see if the uh, Steam enhances this UI feature such that they can uh, introduce a little more detail about who the users are and you know if they actually are uh, like like bots or, 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 or actual review bombers. It'll be interesting to see how they can develop that further but you know it, we're, we're in that time now, I mean we're in this age where you know, we're in this age now where you, you hate to say it, but, you know, we got a lot of policing by these different developers and publishers and platform producers that uh, have to do some regulation just because of uh, some of the neg negativity there. I mean, we've also seen uh, the guys at Blizzard for Overwatch that are really putting a clamp down on bad behavior, too, when they see people uh, causing ruckus or not... Presenting a great positive play experience, they've just the feature on the Xbox where you can actually download the people to points that they, the lowest grade possible is that they'll end up showing a grade of avoid me. And I'll tell other people to say, well, I don't know if I want to bring this guy onto a, uh, a team chats to try to win a game here. I may just avoid him for a while. I think they're even, they were saying that the, it will also reflect in the way you play too, where the lower your scoring and ranking is, the less damage you can do with your characters, which is pretty surreal to think uh, that, and, and quite bold too for a developer like that to do it. But you know, we're, we're it, it's we we knew this was coming here. I mean, it all takes is one spark, and the fire will spread. That's all it really takes. You know, I mean, and was, I'm, I'm all for positive playing experience. I'm always. You know, stay positive, think good teamwork, you know, play the best you can. And unfortunately, you know, you got your, you got folks out there who are, you know, unfortunately in it for themselves or, uh, you know, display a little arrogance now and then. 
you know, have uh, have you know, you got certain personalities like a PewDiePie who, you know, obviously he has his defenders. I mean, he's got a very, very, very popular YouTuber, one of the uh, highest ranking uh, uh, subscriber bases out there. It's only natural to think that after the controversy and and what the the guys behind Firewatch were doing, that there will probably be some uh, real hardcore fans that are gonna you know potentially side with. Uh, the, uh, a personality like PewDiePie and, and do some kind of damage in, in some way or form. It's like this across a lot of other mediums, whether it's authors on their books and, you know, getting them getting negative reviews on Amazon. Uh, it, it's everywhere. So, whether the reasons are justified or not, I, I'm hoping that, you know, we can continue to have a good, positive playing experience. I mean, video games is one of those areas that I just love being in, not just for the the content we get, the incredible gameplay and, and storytelling that we are now able to get in this current age of video games but also the community we have too where we can easily jump online with you know anyone around the world to get a game of overwatch in or or join a raid in destiny and just have at it and i think that's the the fun spirit of community that i love to champion especially to other people who may not understand video games fully well or not understand what this community is all about but then you know, we got to sometimes think about the dark side of these things, too, and, you know, why some of these negative experiences uh, can come up. It's a shame, but, you know, I don't blame Fire, the Firewatch people for wanting to file this DMCA. I don't blame the Overwatch folks for implementing more strict regulations on, you know, people who are, are not behaving properly online. I, I don't feel... That allows for Steam wanting to consider this histogram feature too to properly reflect whether or not a game is being review bombed. You know, one way or another, it's their contents. They have every right to police these things if they feel it's going to create a negative impact on their community and potentially reduce profits. I mean, they have stakes in this too. They want to make sure that, you know, not only are we having fun, but that they're making money. I mean, it's, it's a profit deal. You know, like any other business, we we got we got to admit that. So we'll see how far this goes. I mean, the fallout of all this just recently is just really interesting to watch. Uh, I'm really curious to see where these things go next. But it's just it's been really dominant in the video game news lately to see this happen. Um, for now, for all you guys, if you're just continue doing what you do, if you love games, you know, stay positive, keep playing them, enjoy the community that you have, have fun with them. Uh, we all want this to be a positive experience for not just us, for any potential uh, video gamers we want to bring into the fold as well. So let's keep at it, guys. And that is going to do it for me, folks, on this Wednesday, all set and done. I was hoping to get a little more time in to talk about some Unity stuff I learned. I was kind of checking out some stuff about this new machine learning algorithm feature that I thought would be cool in terms of uh, you know, in AI intelligence for enemies and NPCs. Uh, but I figured I figure I end this on that note with the previous segments about all the changes going on in terms of how games are being regulated for uh, uh, you know behavior and, and review bombing and just you know it seems it seems to be it seems it seems to be more of a point for me to talk about that first and, and ended on that note and just kind of let it ruminate and process for you guys to uh, to look over. So I hope it was informal. Uh, just my opinion, obviously. I, I 
definitely would love to hear you guys' thoughts about all those issues going on lately, whether it's for the Steam histograms or the Overwatch changes and so on. Uh, you can go here on Anchor, go and leave a call in, anchor.fm slash Fury if you just want to go directly there. But your best way is to go into the app, search for Video Game Fury, and you can just uh, click on the call-in button there to leave your thoughts about some of these matters. Uh, I'd be really interested to hear what you guys have to think. Otherwise, you have me on the podcast feed as well. This directly goes into iTunes and Google Play for your listening pleasure on the go. So just you know, use your favorite podcast app to download us there. If you want to take us on anywhere you go, leave some ratings and reviews on there too. I would really appreciate that as well. If you feel there's uh, something cool about the show or if you feel there's something that could be improved upon, I am always open to hearing that. Lastly, you can email me too at tim at videogamefury.com. Anything you want to talk about, on, you want me to talk about the show, if there's a little more of a long-form content you want me to speak to and you'd rather send an email about it than a call-in, that is totally fine. Feel free to send that to tim at videogamefury.com and hopefully I'll be able to get you on the show. So on that note, folks... I'm done for today. Thanks for bearing with me. Hope we continue to stay positive and bring a great community to the video game medium. And until next time, folks, have a good night and enjoy your games.